Woodstock, day two. I'm, I'm glad to see this guy over here brought his date for the pay-per-view. A lot of sex going on with Plastic Woman over here. A, a local guy, a local guy who has made good, a native of Frankfurt, New York. He's from the Emmy Award TV show, Frazier. Say hello to Paul Cusimano. Paul Cusimano, made good, Frazier. Hey, fucking guy's on a rock, man. Oh, come on, you're making me proud of me. All right, you want to rock? All right. Get ready, give it up, man. From Detroit. Rocking as motherfuckers in business today. The devil without a cause. TC and Jake. Jake, we once again find ourselves with a blank sheet of paper in front of us. What are we going to do with it? Uh, Produce our own facies and just smear it on there? We could. We could. I'm still kind of reeling over the Harden news. So yeah, dude, like, how about that? Only like half an hour old, 45 minutes old. Just really shaking up the league. Dude, Old Depot to Houston, which feels weird because I like him a lot, but I also think he's pretty much done. He's averaging like 20 a game this year, but there's a reason they didn't want to offer him what he wanted got a couple busted knees i don't know i think how many could he have i think the interesting thing um if we were going to talk about it from a podcast standpoint not to make this a sports show it is a sports show is like the limits of your support for complete player empowerment because like obviously every single sports league is tilted Ooh, i already a, a strongly anti what you're saying argument springs immediately to mind. Go I ahead. know, I know, but I, I just think, you know, the leagues are, they're so obviously tilted against the players, like the entire structure of having max contracts at all is bullshit. Um, salary caps are bullshit. I understand if they need to have a salary cap for, uh, quote, competitive balance reasons, they should absolutely not have max contracts within that, although that also has its own labor implications because it would impact a much larger um, you know, population of your, of your workforce and would also disproportionately affect new workers. Um, but it just seems like it's all built to protect the Stepien rule is bullshit. All these things are basically built to keep owners from being bad at their jobs yes. or GMs from being bad at their jobs and the players are the ones who have to take it in the shorts. So in general, you know, I, I I feel like I feel like I'm definitely getting older on the sports front with some of my t- uh, some of my takes, while uh, flipping the thing that we've talked about a, mi- a million times and even pretty recently about like everyone telling you you're definitely going to get more politically conservative the older that you get, and the more that you can have a flower and two lamps, which has not happened. But I do think like when it comes to to sports player empowerment stuff like. AD into Kyrie into James Harden are pushing me to my absolute limit of what I think somebody should be able to get away with at their job and not be like told at least, uh, hey, come on, man. You know, come on. Yeah, you know, maybe someone does. I don't know. Um, but I would just say that uh, a theme that's emerging for me in life overall 
is that individuals matter. Um, and like, you know, that, and so I, how I'm looking at it here is like the, the problem whenever James Harden's allowed to act the way that he's allowed to act is not that like the structure is bad. It's that James Harden is bad. Like he sucks just by himself. Like whatever he was going to do, he was going to do it in a way that sucks. And if you're going to empower the players or you're going to empower the GMs, the owners, teams, whatever you're calling the other side, um, both of them allow for the possibility of individuals that suck. Like, you know, you, you yes. had you had GMs that sure. would handle things just as poorly. Uh, so it's it's not like either is a perfect system where you're going to have no bad outcomes. Uh, I would say that, the, you know, it's, it's roughly similar and that it's much more fair that the people who produce the, the product be the ones, uh, you know, having a little bit more control over, um, you know, the various uh, parameters of that product. I mean, certainly I agree, but I think that what you have is an intersection of the two, right? Like not everybody's going to do what he's doing with the circumstances that were set forth through collective bargaining. I mean, even John Wall, who makes $50 million a year last night was like, what the fuck are we doing? Like we played nine games. Like, let's just try to play basketball and like, see what happens and then see what happens. I mean, that dude literally for every step he runs on a basketball floor is being paid more than like the average salary in America, or at least like every, I think it was probably not every step. Well, you may have been interested to know that a couple years ago, uh, James Harden and Dirk or James Harden, John Wall and Dirk were the last in the entire league in distance covered per game. John Wall. Just Jesus. not interested in moving on, moving without the ball at all. Was kind of oh. only interested in, in you know, and Harden's got to be pretty low too, you it's know, tough. because most of his you know creating is happening in one spot, you know, left to right to left to right. Now we're going, but my point is just like even, <laughs> I don't know that you want to draw John Wall as the guy who is contrary to your position about like trying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Not not a standard bearer for the trying yeah, movement. Exactly. So I don't know. It's a, it's a really weird deal. I mean, I love that the league is as strange as it is, and I mean, literally, it's something every day. Last night, I was laughing really hard about Kyrie being on a call with Cynthia Nixon. Like that was. It sounds great. I mean, you know, it hurts to see her getting mixed up with someone like that. I think the Kyrie just fucking sucks. Uh, there's few opinions that I agree with Dan Moore on. Uh, just like. Just as a person, everything about him, you know, I mean, like, I guess he can score points, I guess. Oh, no, I mean, I'm not, it's not really so much about his talent, although I do think his personality affects his game in a negative way as a teammate and as a a team offensive player. Him, like, being such a, like, fucking shitbag that he is uh, holds back his teams from having success. I'd say that's glaringly apparent. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because we were talking about the, uh, do you know, how much do you know about Jack Easterby? I feel like I may have heard that name. So he's the former uh, Patriots team chaplain who happens to okay, now be yeah, in yeah. charge I, of the I read Texans. The Sports Illustrated story. Yeah. 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 So uh, in the last couple of days, uh, Andre Johnson has made it known that he's like, everyone down there can't stand this guy. Like, it's all because of Deshaun, right? They're all voicing their support. Yeah. And uh, Arian Foster weighed in, and Arian Foster was like, I don't even really keep up with the NFL all that much anymore. Hell yeah. But, and Mino said something to the effect of Arian Foster at one point seemed like he was going to be Kyrie Irving. And my retort to that was 
Arian Foster no, might just be uh, sports smart, like we say sports but Kyrie is fake sports smart. Like Arian Foster, I'm pretty sure, has a degree in it's not something Ari- or other. It's not can- uh, Kyrie's intelligence that I'm mad about. It's his disposition. He's like rude to other people. Like he just doesn't get along with other people. But I think a lot of that is based in his starting point that no one has his intelligence. And his yeah, intelligence but that's not really an intelligence. Thing. I guess you. I've met a lot of people who are pretty dumb that felt that way. You know. Yeah, but I mean, he's also a guy who knows like a couple Wikipedia page titles and can throw them at you as like, but you just don't get it. Yeah, like yeah, no, yeah. I don't, and you don't either. So, um, so this woman, we got a lot to talk about here. That's not basketball related. Uh. The woman who was an Air Force veteran who was killed at the Capitol, mm-hmm. uh, Ashley Babbitt. Yes. Um, and I, I think generally, like, we did a show on Thursday or Wednesday. We did a show on Friday. Like, literally every single day that we get further removed from sitting here one week ago as this was, like, actually happening on the television. Yes. I feel differently about it. And I'll be the first to tell you, like, I still have some of my original position but I don't feel like I've moved too far. Go as ahead. some of the reporting is, you know, I mean, just finding out like the level of possible, not only like they got a point. No, 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 no. Like some of the level of uh, possible, um, you know, not only the stuff with with Capitol Police, who are a lot of them look like they might have been kind of on board, even if like even if it was just an act of omission rather than commission. Possible funding that's even being reported on from the more I think about it, the more I'm like a little blown away they weren't more like overtly on board. Like that would have been that was clearly the crowd's expectation of them, and I shared yeah. that with the crowd. Well, I don't know. I mean, you it's you see this sometimes with like even in like uh, conversations about like policing. I'm sure that there are plenty of police who have political views or social views that they begrudgingly do not act upon in the line, like the line of duty. Otherwise, I feel like we might have more incidents of police violence, right? Yeah. Because I mean, you you you've seen I mean, you know, polls how, from how could you end up with more? But yeah, yeah. So compared to the rest of the civilized world, where it's so off the charts uh, that it, I think that what we're seeing is what you're describing, but. Uh, you know, and it may you're end right. up there. I it don't know. It can't always be worse. But uh, so this Ashley Babbitt woman um, that was killed, uh, I just had it was so eerie reading about her because I just felt like she she matched the profile of a lot of people that I either know or kind of know or third fourth hand know, which is that not really that political. Voted for Obama, which. What's less political than voting for Obama? Sure, yeah. Um, and then eventually just went down this the Q thing. The She would ramble on about it at, at barbecues, apparently. Hangs a flag outside. Uh, again, to something I've said a few times, don't really think that she um, had all that much interest in politics ever. You know, the type of profile that you might match up with someone who's a part of an insurrection on a federal building. Yeah, there was the old kind, the um, kind from like 30 years ago, like Unabomber kind. Yeah, like uh, Will Summer was on Chapo and uh, talked about, you know, he he was interviewing people at the march as the march was occurring or, uh, you know, march, whatever. You you know what I'm talking about. Incident at the Capitol. And uh, talked. I think there was there was two different people. 
one i'm trying i can't remember what the second one was but the first one was someone who was like yeah uh i have cancer but i'm and i'm down here to support donald trump because uh the cabal has found the cure and he's going to make them give it up you know so like as opposed to like having a clear-headed well, I, I think have Democrats cancer. have a thing where they, you know, are pushing for me to have expanded medical care, uh, you know, medical insurance. He's going to fight the drug companies. He's going to make uh, treatment more accessible to me. Like someone the who's plugged in shit. politically doesn't end up with, you know, who's going to help my cancer, that Donald Trump. But someone who's just kind of like listening and like absorbing energies, like Donald Trump gives off an energy where he's like... I can definitely cure your cancer. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, that's where you get back to the the cult of personality and the savior complex. But this woman, if I may say, seemed like she was in a little over her head when it comes to what she. And look, I think that about every single person who believes in in QAnon. And honestly, again, it makes me sad. I shouldn't say that I'm sad for people who have committed horrible treasonous. Like, I don't even know if that has to be entered into it. Treasonous, like have committed violence and discord and so discord. But I do kind of feel bad for them in the same way that I don't think it's like completely out of the realm of, you know, an acceptable comment to say that over the last 20 years, whenever you see terrorism occurring in countries that where people have no chance and people have nothing to lean on but whatever fringe belief they have and they do something insane, I feel bad for those people. I think it's possible to feel bad for people who do horrible shit because they feel they feel hopeless, but and they've definitely been preyed upon. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I feel bad for uh, literally everyone, you know? <laughs> so it's a low bar. Like, uh, we live in a harsh world that uh, is, is fairly unforgiving. And, you know, like, it inflicts a lot of trauma that then cause behaviors that I find, whenever you look at the scope of the trauma, then to be fairly understandable. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, no one, like, any, give me an example of, like, what a, you know, terrible person. It was, I, I think we were talking with Josh and Nikki on our vacation about, like, we we're talking about child rearing and came across the idea of, you know, like, what if you just end up unlucky and, like, birth a serial killer, you know? And, like, we, I remember now, uh, did a podcast on, um, you know, basically like people who felt like they were in that situation. Like there was an article about like, there, and a lot of them were, I think a lot of them also maybe you dealt with adoption too, but it was called, what if I'm raising a serial killer or yeah, something like yeah. that? And, yeah, was, uh, you know, so I like clearly if you're just born with no emotional intelligence, then like, or not emotional intelligence, but you know, like just if you're, if you're born in just like that part of your brain that like understands other people as individual sovereign beings is smaller than the average person's then like, yeah, that, that that's definitely bad and it has an effect. Um, but I had like, I was starting to go through the list of like, I was trying to find an example and I'm sure there is one, but I could not recall someone, you know I mean? Like, we're people, so we read about serial killers. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a pretty common uh, thing to do. So I, I can give you a little dossier on most of the top ones. And I think that across the board, it's their parents beat the shit out of them. You know, like 
something bad happened. You know, like they were molested. Uh, like just the, the, the worst stories of human treatment that I can recall is the stuff that you hear about for the people who, you know, go on to become serial killers or do bad things. I just, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, um, so I agree with that, but I think that you're somewhat, you're closing the circle a little bit on the, the cases that we're allowed to apply that, apply that to, because there are plenty of people that just like killed their family. They might not have gone on a, a bloodlust spree that involved them eating people and putting them in their freezer, but there's certainly plenty of people who just murdered their family who did have, you know, a normal, non-abusive you know what I mean? So, like, that's a weird cutoff to be like, well, this person killed 15 yeah, no, people. I, if, if you had someone who was a totally normal, who'd been, like, treated well his entire life, uh, that then murdered their family, I would accept that as a counterexample, certainly. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I don't think this is absolutes yeah. or, you know, like anything. I, I just think that it is broadly true in a pretty powerful sense, in my opinion, that, you know, hurt, hurt people hurt people. Like that. That's that's how uh, that's how most of this happens. And so, like, you know, I, I just think that that establishes a route to be sympathetic for a person. That's that's like that was the, the initial starting point for this conversation. Yeah. Is if you know, like, uh, just Q is filling a need that was created by something else, and that person probably didn't create that something else on their own. It's probably something that happened to them. And, you know, so, like, it, it, we're all victims, you know? like Yeah, and I think that probably in this, like, equation, um, being serially abused, uh, producing serial uh, violent outcomes, like, if you're just posting on eight eight coon or whatever it's called and you're you're following these people over to to telegram and trying to mount up but not actually doing it like that's bad but it also might be the product of just like again feeling like you have nothing you know yeah, what i mean even if and, that and i mean like i, I want to stress that i feel that people have individual responsibility you know like it's it's yeah. not like because uh, that person did that to you, then you like have to storm the Capitol. There's just no choice for you. You always have that, you know, like, but uh, it, it, I'm, I'm not talking about like, do I think that they did a good thing or a bad thing? I think they did a bad thing. Sure. But if you're talking about like, can I still see them as people and like have some sympathy and like, you know, look at it and be like, man, I'm really sorry that you felt like you had to do that. I feel like I can absolutely do that. Yeah. And when I was reading about this woman, you know, again, part of some of the stuff that really resonated with me was just people that said we had really no idea how into this she was because it really only happened in the last four to five years. It was all online. Occasionally she would ramble about stuff, you know, at a gathering, but we just never really thought twice about this being something that we should be fear, uh, fearful for her safety for. And I was like, oh man, I totally identify with that. And then I kept reading. And uh, her husband, as of a couple days ago, had not yet spoken to the media as reporters had just, you know, descended on their home, which had QAnon flags on the outside, the pool company that they read together, which had QAnon flags and don't wear a mask uh, if you want to come in here signs. And I was like, man, I mean, I also sort of I know enough people who have gone down that road. And then uh, there's a quote that says. Uh, I actually saw it first on video when I was on the phone with multiple hospitals trying to find her, said Kayla Joyce, 29, who said she is the mutual live-in girlfriend of Babbitt and her husband, Aaron. I, I also thought, saw this note. 
Well, this is the part where I don't know anyone who, <laughs> like, I identified with several of the indicators of this. Uh, Living's a new stretch. Uh, you know, I've I've had acquaintances of acquaintances that had like an established third group, party group thing, uh, but but to take that to, uh, hey, why don't you move in? They run the pool company together with the girlfriend. Yeah, and they're now well, trying to figure right. out like how to keep it going and. You know, we were talking about this the other night over here is like, well, once the dust settles, like, do they have to figure if they want to live together or do they still do it? Have they ever done it without her? Like, what's the, there's just, I have a lot of questions and they're not really about any of the things that other people are asking questions about. So I mean, I I think that I the, <laughs> some of those ones are pretty easy in my book, you know, like I, I, so like, yeah, no, absolutely you continue to live together and do it. Most likely. You know, like assuming. I don't know you had though, a, man. That's like uh you know, that's like a classic case of like a year from now wide receiver, I might want to not wide receiver think about one anything? signs another contract and you think that, you know, the second guy can just step up and fill the role. To get me through the next like couple months, I I don't need to be like finding a new partner. You just need to stay on schedule rather than hit the big yeah, play <laughs> like once we get our feet back under us we could reevaluate some things but right now uh yeah 23 year old girlfriend's gonna be uh she's 23 right 29? uh i think 29 yeah she's i think they're all 20s. around the same age uh i thought the babbit was like 36 okay but yeah i don't know for some reason 29 and difference. 36 feel a lot closer to me than anything in 23 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's also a quote but, in this story know, from one of her neighbors that uh, I just think about it like the uh, the um, Dan, his neighbor that uh, he asked why they had three kids. Like this is this is the same sort of situation. Like they have they have three kids because if if one of the kids died, then the other one would be lonely. A little backup kid. That's. Have having backup wife so dark. I mean that that's what they told him. Like they backup said that backup wife, like it's Frank Reich. I'm just like I. Well, who it, knows? Maybe she'll be, better, be Steve. Maybe she's Steve Young. If it were me, I would rather have like you know the the rest of that situation. Like assuming that everyone continues living on a regular amount of time, I don't think I could handle. I don't think it's for me. I don't yeah. feel equipped for it. Oh no. Uh, but. Uh, that specific situation, I think that it would be a a large blessing. Yeah, I mean, he he is uniquely positioned to at least ride out a few months. Uh, there's another quote in this story reporting on her where uh, a neighbor said, and I, I just feel like this is like Polly D said this, one part of this. I knew she was passionate, but I thought most people don't act on their passion. To be the first person going through that window... That's next level. <laughs> yes. I yes. agree with that. It definitely is. So uh, while we're talking about this general topic, whenever we sat here last week, I specifically mentioned, I think it was last, I think it was that one, might have been the one the next day, but um, just talked about seeing the video of the uh, the Capitol policeman going up the stairs, like mm-hmm. kind of brandishing the thing. I assume you've seen what everyone else has seen. Of like putting that together, the well, I guess not. So, and I mean, you know, maybe you have once I start 
unspilling the details stop me at any point but so it was a video of you know there's a large mob um there's one capital police officer that out of stairs they're trying to go up a set of stairs uh just to make you know in case anyone hasn't seen any of this i just want to you know have it self-contained here um the guy you know it's i don't know if it's his nightstick or someone else's he sees a nightstick that's discarded he picks it up and he's kind of brandishing it at them and there's one guy in like a big q like with the american flag as the colors of the letter q yeah i mean it was never going to be <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> switzerland uh, central casting uh <laughs> q guy um that like you know is is kind of like half rushing him you know like fake it like he's pushing this along mm -hmm. like he's like wherever you don't want me to go i'm going to fucking go there you need to understand that and the guy's kind of like i got i do have a nightstick because there's like you know hundreds of people behind the queue guy and like this crowd is is rushing through and so the guy is uh backing up the stairs like slowing them down as much as he can he gets to the top of the stairs he like takes a glance one way and then like you know clearly considers it for a second and then like starts back walking back the other way the guy in the q shirt starts to follow him then kind of does the same thing like he is thinking for a second because it's like you can go left or right you're not being blocked off at all either way um and so he he thinks for a second the q guy does about left or right and then you know the uh officer is still in front of him so he you know continues to take that bait and he, he the, follows the officer the officer is drawing him away they uh like they figured this out days later because someone else at the washington post like compared their notes because they were with the congress people there were senators right there okay like if they go the other way, like yeah, it's fucking the mob I've not seen is the video, descending but I have upon heard. senators. Okay, so that's where that was. Uh, yeah, and like uh, I don't know. Uh, I I think it's there's a high chance that like the 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 cop knew what he was doing. I don't know. It's a hundred percent chance. You know, I mean, like, but uh, I, I'm ready to say that that's most likely what happened, and uh, just fucking amazing. You know, like really great thinking on your feet. Just the, the and it, it's just a great such a instruction thing about how having more information uh can really change what you think about a situation like of course you know it's an obvious enough statement but um you know when i talked about that video i was like it's crazy the guy's just being overrun like he's got no control in the situation and seeing like a you know some a capital police officer inside the capital with no control uh it's, it's jarring but then whenever you learn the context, it's like he does have a tiny amount of control, you know, like the, that he that they are probably going to be drawn to him. And so he can kind of, you know, route where they're going and that he used that, you know, I don't you know, who knows uh, what happens if they if the dog catches the car. But yeah. uh, you'd rather not find out. Yeah. And again, progressively over the last week, you know, I think I started with just like, well, this is just a bunch of, you know, it's just slack-jawed internet trolls that really didn't have a plan and i i think you know we were laughing about the well, look they're they're literally walking in between the movie ropes yeah yeah like orderly but that feels like way more of an isolated thing than the rest of what occurred the further I get away from it yeah. and the reporting you get on. I mean, there's a ton of people. Some of them were there yeah. for the kind of fucking like, ooh, I'm taking a tour of the Capitol. Some of them were there for fucking blood, dude. Yeah. Like, you know. And I guess I don't know if I didn't want to believe it or I just hadn't seen enough of it. Uh, and then progressively, again, like it just it really feels like, you know, I guess the only thing you can say is just that you you have to hope that you just dodged an ultimate bullet and can now, you know, put measures in place to keep it from happening again, as opposed to 
Boy, that showed somebody that that's possible. I and do think the inauguration is going to go more smoothly than January 6th went. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that like there's no way like the general like it's it's stunning, which is why there's been so much focus given to it that they were like, how could we have known, uh, you know, and just had like people like out in regular non crowd control gear and shit. And I feel kind of dumb that I didn't know. Like, I know the president had tweeted, you know, something about January 6th. But I mean, in hindsight, and this is like a lot of other things especially over the last year, I guess, like this was, if you just look at everything that was out there in the week before, in the two weeks before, it was so obvious that something very serious was going to happen. And I was like, wholly unaware of it. And I feel very dumb about that. I mean, I I had an idea, but I'm not going to on the next one because uh, Twitter took down Ben Garrison's account. Well, that's interesting, too, because people are, you know, that's the immediate response, right, is that uh, good for Twitter, good for Facebook, good for YouTube, and, you know, the photoshops are hilarious that he's been banned from, and uh, you know what, god damn it, we have to play it later this week, because if if we can't listen to audio right now, the only thing funnier than Don Lemon saying pussy is Sean Hannity seeming legitimately like he needed oh, to I loved it. like yeah, he needed yeah, to yeah. appeal yeah. to the good people of Olive <laughs> yeah. Garden to make sure that he has never said a foul word about not about them, that, but they've never taken away his pasta pen. <laughs> right. And he's like, I didn't apply for one. I got one, but I didn't. But he like seemed honestly up like pasta pass, not taken away. Concerned. He, like he was, he was lecturing guests about it. Like yeah. they're like, okay, yeah, that's good that you got it. Still. He's like, but have you had the, like, seriously, he was doing the joke thing you would say of, have you had the breadsticks? Like, yeah, no, he's, he's doing it fairly earnestly. Uh, I got to say, if you're forcing me to pick between, uh, Anderson Cooper looking down his nose at Olive Garden and Sean Hannity being like, fuck yeah, I got that pasta pass. Without I'd, a doubt. Yeah, dude, I, I'm is, not having trouble figuring out which side I'm on. If Me the, and Sean are going to Olive Garden if together. If the slogan regarding Olive Garden was where we go one, we go all, I go <laughs> one and all. That uh, shit is... But as it stands, I'm a huge it's fan. Uh, Olive Garden, uh, we go hard. Olive Garden, go hard. Yeah. That is a yeah, classic, yeah. classic quote. Yeah, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan. Um, shit, I might hit it up tonight. Uh, I had it uh, Monday night. I remember you texting me saying that because of this, you had been spurred I'm into action to, to enjoy to some Olive Garden. Good Olive Garden. You know what you gotta try the minestrone because what uh, you can do I've there. I like it. a little soup before my pasta, mm-hmm. um, and I dip the bread. Those, Always. Just yeah, yeah. sop the bread in the minestrone. I usually like the, uh, the gnocchi soup. Alfredo. It uh, doesn't Ooh. feel like it should be allowed as a soup. Feels like that's a full entree, but they do allow it, so I'm going to take advantage of it. Damn. I'm going to be walking away from Olive Garden pretty full. I know that every time. Damn, man. I don't know if I can finish right now. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> it just sounds so good. Well, what I got to do is start formulating the plan of how I can sell this yeah. at home. Well, I mean, it's endless salads, too. Uh, I don't even remember how we started talking about Olive Garden. Well, we were talking about Sean Hannity, but I don't remember how we got there before that. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, he was just making sure everyone understood his pasta pass. Yeah. He's not been taken away. No, never will be. Under any circumstances. Oh, so yeah, the thing about people putting Photoshops up about what Trump has been banned by um, and putting that on there. Clippy. I think Clippy. I think it's not that hard to make the case, actually, that... 
that is going to make predicting the next one and preventing it or any sort of thing harder because you know local law enforcement and even federal law enforcement only have so much time so much resource so much expertise and now if you've got all these people on you know the the sort of messaging services that the intercept has been using to learn about human rights violations 10 years like that's going to be tough man and if i feel like i feel dumb that i didn't more clearly see what was coming uh last week a week beforehand and obviously for one reason or another be it uh, uh willful ignorance or lack of of investigative prowess the parties that needed to know about it didn't yeah obviously were not prepared for one reason or another well it's going to be a lot harder now and it's going to be a lot harder on both sides. It's going to be a lot harder for them to centrally. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. like you know, if if they're like if they're organizing, you're going to be able to find them wherever they're organizing. Like the it's, federal government, as Edward Snowden has been trying to tell you, has fairly sophisticated tools for this kind of thing. Yeah, but that was just straight up like you know uh, the compliance of cell cell and. Uh, you know, data companies. When you're on like encrypted message lines, if they can get if, but it's I don't like know. the 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 fucking internet pipes is what they had. Like they can see what you've searched your entire life. Like every time you fucking touched a key, like that's not uh, something that fucking live in girlfriend. <laughs> that's only been in the last couple of days though. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I don't know. If there's anything I feel good about, it's uh, our ability to uh, really trample on civil rights on the way to uh, gathering information about possible threats. Now, of course, the government tends to systematically underrate uh, right-wing po- uh, threats, but, you know, whatever. I I trust them to be somewhat active now. And just like, so it's like I'm saying, it's fucking crazy they weren't ready, but they clearly weren't ready. And uh, there's 0% chance that that's how they approach the inauguration. The inauguration like Airbnb is already fucking locking down. The inauguration for sure, but I don't think, you know, it's it's really hard to come away with the the thought that this sort of rage and you know, I heard someone bring this point up the other day too that it's this sort of rage that can also be organized. Now they may be able to tap into people like, you know, your aunt, your uncle, whoever, but I think at the the central part of it is led by people who grew up really on the internet. And I think that's a huge part of it too, is that like the tea party, you know, they were able to organize like in, in internet 2.0 or whatever we're in now, maybe that was 3.0 days, but they were also like very old, <laughs> like compared to a lot of the people that are involved in this, who might've gotten online whenever they were teenagers I don't know. I don't know who's involved in this. Like, uh, there was some guy that was tweeting about how, uh, you know, he and his wife regularly go to, like, observe these things. Like, they live in D.C. and they want to have a finger on the pulse. And was, uh, uh, which, yeah, I don't know. Sidebar seems weird. Dude, yeah. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't. I'd like to know more details, but my uh, initial uh, reaction is suspicion. I mean, Um, that seems like the sort of thing I would have done when I was 25, maybe. It seemed like he was a lot older than that. Yeah, like, I mean, there's been times where I wanted to attend a megachurch for fun. I mean, I went to a Trump rally on mushrooms, so (laughs) I get it. (laughs) 
<laughs> you get it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like, not like I'm hey, forward to the thing, but grab it, doing the it like life every and head weekend, down to like, some, Yeah, that doesn't we seem. We just want to check it out. I, I don't know. I don't know. That seems like a complete other level than both the things we just mentioned. But he was, uh, he was saying, like, just really stressing that it was. That it was the the average the median Republican voter is what was out there. Like it was it was the whole coalition. It wasn't just Q people. It was you know the country club Republicans, the uh, uh, Patricia McCloskey Republicans. The, you know just every single kind of uh, person that you identify as a Republican voter. They were all there. So it wasn't just thirty one year old Q obsessives. Yeah, and I guess the distinction I'm trying to make is, and I and I think this is obviously. You know, and we'll say this on the the, the bigger the bigger podcast rather than the big box. It's going to be very hard to tell who's who from the other, right? Whether you are like I think there, we're rapidly approaching a a time here where there aren't going to be that many people left that are against the Democratic Party who don't believe. A significant amount of the deep state stuff, even if they don't believe in um, siphoning off adrenal glands <laughs> to, to keep yourself young, they'll at least believe enough Which, you know, of the stay sub- woke on that. Hey, they'll at least believe enough of the subversive shit to where it's not what you would think of as like normal. And so, even yeah, I mean, if- just the way this whole thing is going with everyone, I don't, I don't know that like uh, beliefs, particular beliefs, are like a big part of this. It's just you know, identify which side you're on, and then hate the other side for the fact that they're the other side. I would still say that even though you and I have maybe slightly different, and I don't even really know that they're that different um, views, still on like I don't know. I voted for Bernie, obviously. Uh, I don't know that he would have been elected. Uh, I think you probably think he, he would have. I do. We could have a, you know, a, there's, you could debate whether or not that actually would have happened, but I was tired of feeling like I wasn't voting for what I actually I mean, believed you know, in. He's not the kind of, uh, inspirational leader such as a Joe Biden. No, I, I don't think, think it's based on okay. that. I think it's a little more based on just... doesn't have the personal just, charisma and magnetism. Right. So you, I mean, we could debate that, but I don't, I still don't think that most of my, uh, my uh, zest to get involved has anything to do with just stopping Trump. Like I actually still do believe in four or five core things and none of them have anything to do with fucking 4chan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I honestly feel like at least... But you can feel yourself do that stuff around the edges, or I, I certainly can. Like on a topic that I like don't know much, um, you know... I know enough about guns, I guess, but that's that's always a big one that stands out to me is like my base assumption, especially like early longtime listeners of this podcast know that like uh, where I start on most things is like no one should tell me what to do. And like, you know, I've layered other things on top of that Very as Doug Peterson got along, gone along. Uh, yeah, no. And I when I heard Dougie told him like, uh, hey, you want to tell Fuck me you, what you to won't do? do it. I not, won't do what not you if tell I'm me. sitting at home by myself, motherfucker. Um, Doug and I, LaRocca. I feel it. Um, but uh, so gun rights is always something where like, you know, my, my base reaction is like, you shouldn't be able to tell me what to do. Fuck off. Like, you want to tell me what I can and can't fucking own, motherfucker? Classic seatbelt. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but because like, I'm, you know, like identify somewhat as part of a coalition that like, I'll find myself saying things. There's probably podcasts where I've said them of like, and I mean, I, I do like somewhat look at it and I'm like, yeah, I think it would save lives. And I do like lives. <laughs> um, you know, it's, 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 it's an issue where honestly, I'm mainly just conflicted. But uh, it's one where I can see the fact that I am part of this group where they believe all these other things. And so the fact that they believe this thing strongly, like I, I can feel myself just kind of slipping into like, you know, a, a default like guns are bad and people who like them are bad. And like, and that's not really naturally how I feel. That's not how I feel at all. But, but I can see like just, you know, you just, you're going with the flow, you know, like you don't want to stop down and have an argument about every little thing. So you sure be like, yeah, fuck those gun people. Sure. But I think that's still based on an issue that is real. And not based on, well, everyone else says that they've kidnapped all these kids and I believe some of the other stuff. So I like that just feels yours feels way more connected to reality. I mean, I guess mine would probably be, you know, and I'm pretty sure you share this one with me, just some of the things that you're allowed to joke about or like even mention or even like, you know, just some things that are culturally related they've taken words away from me that i felt like belonged. <laughs> you to had me. to buzz on that one <laughs> i just you know i always thought like all right i don't think that calling this bedroom the master bedroom is near as important as fixing decades of racist housing policy yeah now if we do the latter it's not i'm not saying i'm not open to the former I just don't know that they should carry the same or even disparate uh, weight. Just kind of like do the one we, and then just be like, well, yeah, let's see how it shakes out. Day. Let's see how it shakes <laughs> out. Perhaps nobody will care about the other one as much. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I totally agree. Like, I'll just bet that the realtor that proposed that has like definitely had a time where they had a black client and they were like, we're going to show you these other houses actually. <laughs> yeah. That's their bedroom. Uh, so a couple of things I wanted to make sure we get to, um, because I was laughing really hard about two specific things uh, after last week. The first one was, um, and we can't listen to Don Lemon say it, but if you haven't heard it, you should go find it, because I think I think one thing that's really interesting about Trump is that he's so pervasive, and because he was such a big pop culture figure before he became president it's extremely easy to imagine him saying literally anything. Mm -hmm. Like if you had told me that even George W. Bush, who I know sometimes or, you know, I was rough around the edges with jokes or I sent you the deal the other day of uh, Nixon talking about Bohemian Grove, yeah, which is yeah. pretty shocking, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. also Richard Nixon. Yeah. So, but like Trump is like that on steroids because you heard the Nixon tapes like way after the fact. The Trump stuff happened before, and it was on TV or it was on the WWF. For decades continuously. <laughs> right. Before. So like yeah, yeah. anything that someone sources as a quote that he said, like I honestly think you should believe it. And especially Could it this be more one, crazy than the Graydon Carter. Especially this one, the Graydon Carter thing. Especially this one. I mean, Graydon Carter, Geico, uh, people were asking why I was eating that pizza with a fork. <laughs> 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 but 
Like, I almost feel like he won't refute this, which is from the conversation where Pence and Trump finally got crossways oh, on yeah. Wednesday. He 100% said that. One, and a thousand percent there's said There's a reason that. he hasn't come out and said, I didn't say anything in that report. It's because he's like, that still hasn't landed. Yeah. That yeah. fucker is, that's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm up at the plate waiting I on another I did say pitch. that, and I hope Mike's still thinking about it because it was a good point. You can either go down in history as a patriot or you can go down in history as a pussy. <laughs> I mean that's a hundred percent him. That's that's exactly the guy. There's there's nothing he's ever said so much as he has said that. <laughs> that is so funny, and it's right there with you know uh, that made me bring up a. Uh, it's the uh, it's the Woodward thing to me. The the well you know good book could be a good book could be a bad book. Uh, I guess it's gonna be one of the bad ones. You know, Mike, you could uh, you could be a patriot, remembered by all, hailed as a hero, or you could just be that fucking pussy I always thought you were. What's it going to be, Mike? Yeah, and it made me, like, somebody sent me that, and I'm like, hey, uh, the all-timer. And I don't even really know that there's a way that we can, like, work around this. But if you've never read the New Yorker article on Mike Pence, we've referenced it a million times. It's amazing. But... Uh, Pence and Trump are at a meeting with legal scholars discussing what to do with Roe v. Wade with regard to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. They've essentially convinced Trump, it does not matter what you do at the Supreme Court level, the states are not going to stand for this, uh, or a lot of them. And Pence is upset, because Pence is like, that's really the only reason I'm here. Like, I did all of this to advance this this issue. And (laughs) Trump said to Pence... Uh, You see, you wasted all this time and energy on it, and it's not going to end in abortion anyways. When the conversation turned to gay rights, Trump motioned towards Pence and joked, don't ask that guy. He wants to blank them all. And that's not even a curse word, uh, blank. You can look it up. Uh, But that almost 100% is something that he said. He's like jokingly doing the thumb thing, like, (laughs) don't ask this guy. (laughs) Uh, The other thing that we... Uh, there were. <laughs> it was shocking whenever we read this article the other day. Is that uh, just because I'm I'm really fascinated by the Trump Pence relationship? Uh, Trump thinks Pence is great. Uh, Bannon told me this is a reporter, but according to a longtime associate, Trump also also likes to let Pence know who's boss. A staff member from Trump's campaign recalls him mocking Pence's religiosity. He said that when you pe- know he's not real, right? <laughs> when people met with him, <laughs> we said that uh, when people met you with Trump, Santa Claus, Mike. When people met with Trump after stopping by Pence's office, Trump would ask them, "Did Mike make you pray?" <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking weirdo! That is so disrespectful. <laughs> and then Mike Pence is just like, uh, I guess this is. So that was one thing it's I wanted to make good sure. One, Donald. Yeah. Uh, yeah you, know, you got me, pal. Classic joker. We love having your levity around the office. That and this one, I guess I believe 90%, while the other two, I believe 99.9%, was just Maggie Haberman talking about how crestfallen he was over losing the PGA championship next year. Oh, I didn't even see that. <laughs> she said, like, she laid it out, like, he's bummed about that they certified the election. <laughs> he's a little more bummed about Twitter. He is beside himself about the New Jersey course losing the 2022 PGA. Like he is I absolutely mean, I, to be honest, crushed. I would be, it's a big deal. Yeah, and it's it was a like, big you know, if, if 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 everything went I mean, that puts your course on the map. Have they ever hosted it before? 
Uh, no, I don't think so. And then in addition oof, to that... Because, I mean, once you got it once, you're kind of in the rotation. And people, you can charge more, for sure. Oh, done. That's um, fucking millions. So this there was an entire story just about the finances and about the golf clubs because... You have one at Lakewood. <laughs> you know, I've never been. Uh, Iron Horse was my home course growing up. So related to that is the Deutsche Bank thing. Mm-hmm. And if you they're remember... They're also not having the PGA. They're not having the PGA. They're not... Uh, they're not letting him post vlogs. Mm. Um, if you remember, in any normal world, the story that the New York Times did a few months ago on his finances would have been a massive deal. You liked that one. Dude, it was like shocking to me how broke he is. Like, I mean, that's always been the story on him. But you're right. The, yeah. The, 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 there's a lot of things that like you've kind of known to be true in, in general that whenever you learn in specific the details can still be quite shocking. I'm 100% with you. I'm not trying to uh, downplay your No, uh, and your probably shock. it doesn't it didn't end up mattering. So I was probably too stoked on the finances. Yeah, he did lot he did lose. But they were just talking about what deep shit he's in and that he's borrowing against borrowing and borrowing against borrowing and that a lot of this stuff is coming due. And Deutsche Bank was continuing to lend to him, and they've completely stopped. So he has a ton of debt with them. I saw there was one bank that uh, said they were ending their relationship, but I guess to like make it easy for themselves, we're like, so we're just going to forgive the hundred millions of dollars of loans. Jesus Christ, dude. That's we just like, don't want anything to do with you, So, and we know that we would have to hear from your lawyers if we said anything else, so like... We'll see you. That feels very like college girlfriendy. Of what do you like, mean? look, uh, you know, vice versa. One of us has a lot of the other one's shit. I'd really love to get it back from you, but I also never want to see your face again because yeah. you're, you're so bad that you can keep those joggers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have one pair. They don't make them anymore, but <laughs> you suck. So please just keep them. It um, is crazy that they don't make clothes consistently, Jake. Dude, you have no idea. Dude, I'll straight up be Googling the product number, like from the tag, <laughs> yeah, like the yeah. SKU or yeah. whatever. Like I have a pair of Nike, like really thin, but not so tight that they look, they make me uncomfortable. And I don't even necessarily mean physically uncomfortable. I mean, like I can't pull them off. And I only bought one pair. Massive, massive regret. And they just don't make them anymore. The ones they make now are either too tightly cuffed or they're too tight uh, on the the hips. And it just, it, it crushes me, dude. Yeah, I had, I had a pair of beige Puma Romas that uh, I just, I thought I that those. Puma would have made the Roma in beige into perpetuity. I felt like that was safe. I didn't feel like I needed to buy seven pairs at the time, but dude, that's what never I do been now, able though. to find them again. I have 10 of these. If I had the chance to, uh, but if, if, if God gave me a one-time shot to uh, get another set of those Romas, I'd, I'd buy a hundred of them. Yeah. Oh, man. That's such a bummer. Yeah. Um, but so that relates to the golf thing just because they're starting to – it's starting to look like to pay this shit off if they can't uh, borrow any more money. All of their company's assets are property. And a huge part of it is golf. Mm-hmm. Except now, I thought you would find this uh, quote very funny. I think this was an AP article because people are uh, canceling their memberships at – Trump golf clubs because they don't want to be embarrassed about being in a Trump golf club. Now? Uh, yeah. Dude, couldn't you say now about like 95% of the stuff you've seen in the last couple of weeks from people yes. who were previously allied to him? Obviously. Yeah. No, it's just, I mean, like, I get it, but it, 
I don't. Like, well, I mean, it's like, it's because he lost, right? Like, you know, so now he does it. But it's not no, like no, it no, happened no. the second he lost. It, it would not, if he had just lost, it would not have happened without last Wednesday. I think that it would have just happened slower. Like, once he's out of office, people aren't kissing his ass, are they? If he would have gone to the inauguration. Which, that was 0% chance. I agree. From the second that he had his inauguration, the chance that he was going to go to the one where the... Unless, like, maybe if it's, like, uh, Don Jr.'s. Although, he would definitely skip Don Jr.'s. Yeah, yeah. He'd be watching Bloodsport while <laughs> he makes, who's boss. makes Eric skip Don Jr.'s <laughs> yeah. to fast-forward past yeah. the boring parts. Uh, you know, I do need you for this, Eric. <laughs> but I think if he had... And this is a complete Bizarro World alternate universe. If he concedes... He, uh, it's basically everything you knew he was never going to do. Then I definitely think he still could have had good standing, but that was just, it's not even worth talking about. But, uh, so they're talking about all these people who are canceling their memberships at Trump golf clubs. They're having to like shut some of them down, um, temporarily because they're worried about, you know, I don't know what they're worried about and that's lowering the value of the courses. And, uh, this person who, uh, uh, works at the club and requested anonymity. Of course, they don't want to be shamed for being a public or uh, for being a member of this golf club. Do you think a guy who works for a financial firm or a drug company wants to see his picture in the paper? Well, I'd say it might be about time for your picture to be in the paper. <laughs> I'm going to start a paper that just publishes those people's pictures. Listen, you know, though, here's the motherfucker. I understand that I was working at a drug company that was preying upon the dysfunction of our political system and uh, you know, and sickness of 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 needy people. But like, I don't want to end up in the paper in the press. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to see. Look, I got to go to my daughter's recital. Do I want them to know that I just bilked this company out of five hundred million dollars at the expense of my workers? I don't. No, no probably not. Um. Do you have more about the uh, the capital stuff? I have, I have a small detour on another topic. So um, wanna... Nah, go ahead. I mean, I imagine there's we could talk about it forever, and people probably don't want to hear that because somehow Georgia was only last Tuesday night. Like it, that feels like it was two months ago, and like I do I'm because already... everything moves so fast. I will still like this morning. I, I had a little pop of like. We sure did win those two Senate seats, didn't we? That feels nice whenever it gets washed away so Just, quickly. Yeah, because it because because everything didn't got have so bad the, the day next... to process it. Yeah. Like now, now like a week later, like you know, I feel like there's there's enough mental space for me to be like, would have sucked if we lost even one of those, but we didn't lose either. We just yeah. had the great little pulled the inside straight. I used that today. I don't know what that means. What's an inside straight? You mean like in racing? I think it's a poker term. Oh, then I don't have a clue. But isn't you know whenever whenever you have a uh, I don't know anything about poker. A narrow road to walk, but you uh, you navigate it. Uh, you know, a narrow path to victory, but you find a way. So you used it though. I did. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I understand the meaning. I don't. Okay. Like I understand the uh, metaphorical meaning. I do not understand the literal meaning. Okay. I don't know what. Uh, Got it. What particular set of cards you have to have to have an inside straight? I only know it at, as the 1951 Western drama starring. Uh, well, it doesn't even really say here. Okay. The joke's incomplete. I guess Google could have done a little more for you than it did yeah, there. Yeah. Um, no, uh, so I was having a conversation with uh, our friend Justin today and learned some shocking things that I wanted to relate to you. 
Uh, if you want to consider this, you know, revenge, perhaps ultimate victory for what happened last month, then you're welcome to do so. It's really no agenda, I would say, but people will read in what they're going to read in. So, uh, Clemson was founded by a guy named Thomas Clemson. Whenever he died, uh, his, uh, all the land that he owned, um, he, you know, said that in his will, I want to donate this to the state to make a public university. Uh, he specifically wanted an agricultural university. I guess, uh, Mississippi had a, a fine agricultural university working that he was quite, uh, jealous of that, uh, turned out to be Mississippi state university as we know it now. He accumulated the wealth that he bought that land with from, uh, the rainbow six series. That's Tom Clancy, oh. not Tom Clemson. <laughs> These goddamn uh, cameras, I wasn't even... <laughs> people could tell that I was excited about that one before it even, <laughs> before it even left the pitcher's hand. <laughs> ah, um, makes it even worse. But no, uh, how I he quit. did get the money is uh, he married a woman uh, whose father had a large amount of land, and whenever the father died, he passed it on to his daughter, and then the daughter died before Thomas did, so Thomas then had the uh, right to say whatever he wanted to do with the land that he now inherited. And uh, I don't think it's a big shock. Uh, you could guess what this land in South Carolina was used for previously. But what I am here to tell uh, you... Tesla electronic truck. <laughs> not a Cybertruck oh. production plant. Okay. Uh, it's actually John C. Calhoun's plantation. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Clemson University is John C. Is, Calhoun's actual plantation. The plantation building is still on campus. Like, it's there. It's like a fucking <gasps> memorial to John C. Calhoun. Dude, you know what? I remember seeing... I can't remember if Dan told me about this or if I... Because uh, like anybody will, whenever somebody tells me they're going somewhere, I'll just Google the place yeah. and look at the map around and yeah, maybe yeah, some yeah. images. They have a plantation hall there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that, I remember that thinking was where like, John C. Calhoun lived out his days. Wow. Uh, the like first buildings of the university, like it, the university, all this. I mean, obviously, John C. Calhoun, uh, or he died before the Civil War, but the Civil War was done. Uh, slaves were freed by the time that uh, the Clemson University. It was the uh, sharecroppers at the time that it was turned into a university. But uh, most of the early buildings built with uh, prison labor. So, couldn't couldn't get that slave labor, but next best thing sitting right here. So, I'm not saying this as a, as a, a big fan of of Major Applewhite. Uh huh. And uh, and my my boys from the late '90s, but don't you think that's like infinitely more legacy wise racist than singing "The Eyes of Texas"? When I learned that. Like the eyes of Texas being I, adapted from the eyes of the South, like it's almost like a third order. Uh, I and think I, that it's a little worse. Like the, the, and I think it was like the guy, yeah, yeah, like the first person that it came out their mouth, I believe, was in blackface as they were doing it. Oh, or definitely, like that. yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and I would be totally fine if they said, you know, you got to stop. But I was that seems a lot worse than I being, was quite interested in Sark's answer there. Like someone got to like I the interview got to him up until this point thought that like uh this was a bit of an open question where i was interested to see where the next moves are no i think that they're like clearly closing ranks around yeah. no fucking chance like over my dead body which is surprising because uh the last i heard i mean this is like the third or fourth game of the season it was a while ago 
uh, was just like that the band did the, the, the survey. survey and the kids in the band were like, I don't want to fucking play it. Yeah, at least half, I think, was the number. Yeah, like, they yeah, said yeah. that half wouldn't want to play it. So, um, you know, you might have a new band. Uh, yeah, I just... got a new, new pop, new band. I guess so. It seems fucked up. It seems fucked up if they don't want to play it to make them play it. Dude, I wonder, though, like... in. It does uh, beg the question of, dude, who wants this? We should make that a regular segment. Dude, who wants this? Uh, I mean, obviously, the answer is just the boosters, but whatever you're looking at a football game and, like, ostensibly the all of the songs are being played for the benefit of the players. It's like the people playing them for the people them playing them for. You think about everyone involved in that equation, what percentage of the people actually want to go through with this ritual. It just seems fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's mostly just like trying to create that general bond between band, player, and fan. Like, just get everybody on the same like synergy of like yeah. ah, and and I and I think it's a common one where um, I think it's a common one where ninety percent of people, probably higher. I think I'm being conservative there. That had gone to Texas games and sang that song had no idea. Certainly, yeah, uh, and, yeah, and that goes and to I bet players if you take and that, band uh, as well. Yeah, if you take that survey of the band uh, yeah. two years ago, I think that they'd be like, "Of course, yeah, yeah." So my only other quick follow up is, and I think I don't know, maybe we just need Justin on the case here. Like, I doubt that there are that many campuses that are actual land owned by vice presidents where they had uh, people enslaved, mm-hmm. but I do wonder how many more of these there are. You know, like how many more? It seems like a plantation to Southern University. Well, like, sure. If Alabama is not originally a plantation, I'm going to be shocked. Right, but uh, the fact that you know, I guess it's a matter of how many times was it bequeathed before it became. Yeah. Like, how far are you from like actual screams of 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 slaves? Yeah, and this one is not very far. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so it's like I wonder how many of those you could go through. Uh, in I don't know half the country, and and then at the and then I guess the follow up would be like, not does it really matter, but like what do you do about it now? Like what I would say you do about it now is, you should probably teach a class at orientation about this. Like you should probably tell people the second that they get to campus, like you should be uh, very proud and thankful for the opportunity to be here, and you need to understand that the you are standing on the graves of people who helped build this economy who were never given any proper thanks for it. And in fact, a lot of their uh, families still haven't been, you know, on down the line and drill it. I mean, that's a very teachable moment. Yeah. To tell people like, look, we're Yeah, here. no, it's not like I want to shut down the school. I think no, schools right, are good. Right, you know? yeah. It's, but that's like, a better use of the land than, uh, than many other things I could think of. Golf. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a better use of land than golf. That's That's got to be top two golf courses in universities as far as... Dude, I didn't even know that was a plantations thing. Into. What, like the, plantation into golf course? I no, mean, I, I knew that was a thing, <laughs> but what I didn't know is that like how many upscale universities have golf courses that are like... Nice. Oh, yeah. Like, I guess, the, I mean, I just assume the golf team usually just plays it like, I mean, whatever. I don't know, like whatever Muni is down the road. But, I mean, I had no idea that that was like even something that, you know, then you if you get uh, alumni get free. Hell, dude, like every base has one. Like there was one in Quantico whenever we went out to, I don't know if it's every, but a lot of them yeah, do. Yeah, I, I didn't know about bases. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Notre Dame has one. I know uh, 
whatever the aforementioned Justin would, would uh, tailgate in Michigan, who was on the golf course. All right, so uh, we have to go. But have you seen the story of the lady whose husband was murdered in Oak Cliff while they were walking last October? No. So this lady and her husband, last October, they're walking. He gets murdered. He's the IT director, I believe, at American Airlines. Uh, some airline. Uh, Probably company. American or Southwest. Yeah, but it, I think it here. might even have been a private company. I don't recall. Okay. So he's murdered at that time. I'm watching the news last night. We talked about this on the show today. And I'm just making the prediction for you that this is absolutely either at minimum a dateline, at best, at least a few-part podcast series. They arrested the guy who killed her husband yesterday. He is her high school ex-boyfriend. And oh, as they're no. walking through this story on WFAA, great reporting, thought the presentation of the facts was a little bit misleading because that's how they said it. They were like, you know, and her ex-boyfriend, she's 48, her ex-boyfriend uh, drove from Tennessee and murdered her husband in cold blood and, according to her, attacked her. And uh, she was able to get away whenever, you know, a neighbor saw and uh, he fled. She didn't recognize uh, the man because he had a full mask on, uh, crime mask. And uh, so she had COVID no... safe. Right. She had no description of him. But arrest affidavits show, again, he was murdered October 9th, that from September 30th to October 30th, uh, the wife and the uh, arrested sent more than 15 thousand text messages to one another including the arrested telling her that he had a five-year plan for how they were going to end up together and i'm like what the fuck you should have led with that yeah the first thing is you're right new questions emerge yeah, about, about the, uh, <laughs> wife's complicity yeah and like right now i think she's still just named as witness because and she I, was know, a witness and it's, it's probably irresponsible i if i were wfa's lawyer i would not say to go on on air with the story of this dan woman. did not have that lawyer <laughs> today <laughs> uh yeah i don't know dude uh i don't remember if we ever talked about it on here but that's you know uh very similar to my cousin's situation really I mean, not like it was like it was a more recent ex-boyfriend than that, but it was it was yeah. I, I had a cousin who was murdered, and uh, it was the woman that he was seeing. Uh, she like you know um, gave the impression to her previous boyfriend that she might be reconsidering. Like she went, I believe that like I think that they were like kind of not in like a super. Van- I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of great details here, but I I know for sure that she uh, she slept with the dude while she was dating my cousin and uh, after she had broken up with him. And he kind of took that as like, well, maybe if I could get this out of the guy out of the way, then uh, I could really, you know, have the life I wanted to have. So he fucking snuck over to his house and shot him in the head. Yeah, murder as a lead blocker to... That's... Yeah, I mean, you know, he's in jail. Uh, and he's going to be for a long time. And, uh, you know, I don't yeah, know if I, she writes or not, but uh, <laughs> it's probably not the outcome he was hoping for. And I guess, you know... Certainly not the one I was. Obviously, the question you're asking is like, what was her, you know, obviously, you don't have no idea what level of involvement she had, but I just thought I thought it very odd that the window they provided yeah, oh, was yeah, September yeah, 30 yeah. to October 30. The murder happens October 9th. So, so she's quick and dirty math here. There's at least... There had to have <laughs> yeah. been... 10,000 more <laughs> in the, well, uh, <laughs> the t- that part of the plan's done let's talk about stage two dude and then the other crazy thing That's was she wild. said that uh when oh. she was attacked i would love i man i i can't wait for the podcast i hope that she talks openly 
Uh, I hope we can really get to the bottom. I need and a jailhouse interview. Oh, yeah. Uh, I need, uh, whether it's Dateline, whatever. Just how they get back together. I mean, you assume it's Facebook. You always assume it's Facebook. That's but right. But just like, I, I just, I would love to her, like, if, she, if she's the kind of person that can really give you, shed light on her inner dialogue, like, uh, just the, the, you know, what, what's going through your head is you're like, I mean, your high school boyfriend from 30 years ago, like I'm young. I don't know than how long they dated after is. high school. That might be a term that people just use if you start dating at 17 and you're but together. But I'm just saying, but like, still, the it, girl it, I dated in college, if she contacted me now, I'd be like, I don't really want to talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Um, You'd be like, I haven't dreamed about you in at least two months. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's weird. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I don't know what's going to happen, but I also thought my final note on that was just that when she told the cops uh, about it back in October, she said, well, I was thrown to the ground. Um, he duct taped my wrists and tried to grab my jewelry before he ran off. Now, Mino brought up an interesting point that possibly if this guy's acting alone, he's trying to provide a counter motive and maybe even possibly if they're working together, a counter motive. But my thought is like, nobody's fucking murdering your husband, like crime of passion style in the middle of the street, broad daylight, and then throwing you to the ground and being like, oh, while I'm here, a necklace. Like that, none of that added, added up to me at all as they were laying it out. I just thought. You're right. That's not how how a robbery works. I mean, I think you're assigning a level of sophistication to robberies that is somewhat uncommon. Like, I'm just thinking about... the one that uh, we, the, our our treasured listener, I forget, I forget what uh, what name he asked us to call him. Yeah, it doesn't I matter. Just, I just know it the real matter. one. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, uh, you know, like the, the guy that robbed him, like I could absolutely see that guy being like, "Well, I'm gonna shoot him for the wallet," and like, "Ooh, a necklace." Yeah, but he did it at an ATM though. These people are out walking yeah. their dog. Like that's not a typical like robbery spot. If I needed heroin, shooting a rich person, you know, like it's a path. Yeah, but dude, who's got even like their wallet on them walking their dog at all normally? That's I'll not always even... keep my wallet on me. Really? I mean, that's how I don't lose it. Yeah, I'm minimal Otherwise, wallet possession. Like, do you keep it in your back pocket when you sit down? Yeah, yeah, it's there right now. Oh, jeez. I mean, you know, chiropractor uh, city. Uh, pockets are big enough. Like, it's not like I'm not sitting on it. Like, it's kind of to the to the side. Yeah, it's, it's outside of your ass. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got. Oh, hey, yeah. We'll uh, see you. Yep. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.